Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast for March 23rd. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information, as well as develop your own ideas on how these events changed the world around us. If you are interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. In 2001, Mir, which was Russia's and the world's first consistently inhabited long-term research station in space, ended 15 years when it was decommissioned and ended with a planned fiery plunge into the South Pacific. The space station was originally built for only Russian space exploration. The use of Mir evolved over the years as tensions between East and West eased, and with the ending of the Cold War, it became a sign that space exploration could become a truly joint project with the U.S. space shuttle taking supplies and new crew members from many countries, including the U.S. and Russia. The space station Mir became a legend in its own time, reflecting Russia's past space glories and her future as a leader in space. The Russian space station Mir endured 15 years in orbit, three times its planned lifetime. It outlasted the Soviet Union that launched it into space. It hosted scores of crew members and international visitors. It raised the first crop of wheat to be grown from seed to seed in outer space. It was the scene of joyous reunions, feats of courage, moments of panic, and months of grim determination. It suffered dangerous fires, a nearly catastrophic collision, and darkened periods of out-of-control tumblings. Mir soared as a symbol of Russia's past space glories and her potential future as leader in space and it served as the stage, history's highest stage, for the first large-scale technical partnership between Russia and the United States after a half-century of mutual antagonism. After more than 86,000 total orbits, Mir re-entered Earth's atmosphere on Friday, March 23rd in 2001 at 9 a.m. Moscow time. The 134-ton space structure broke up over the southern Pacific Ocean. Some of its larger pieces blazed harmlessly into the sea, about 1,800 miles east of New Zealand. Observers in Fiji reported spectacular gold and white streaming lights, an amazing saga, and a highly successful program finally had come to a watery end. Roger Bannister was born on this date in 1929. When he was 25 years old, the Oxford University medical student was regarded as Britain's best middle distance runner, but had recently experienced crushing disappointment after finishing fourth in the 1500 meter run at the 1952 Olympics in Helsinki, a race that he had been widely expected to win. The following months saw Bannister toying with the idea of giving up athletics, before he decided to set himself a new goal of becoming the first man to run a mile in under four minutes. Inspired by his running hero, Sidney Wooderson, who had made a remarkable comeback in 1945 by setting a new British record in the same event, Bannister set out to achieve the holy grail of athletics. The scene for Bannister's finest moment was an early race in the 1954 season at Oxford University's ramshackle Ifley Road Track during the annual match between the Amateur Athletic Association, AAA, and the university. Alongside Bannister, the two other principal runners involved for the AAA were his friends Chris Chataway and Chris Brasher, with the attempt carefully planned between the three. Down to the last moment before the race, Bannister had misgivings about the weather, which had seen a strong wind gather at the track, but he was persuaded to go ahead with the attempt by his two pacemakers. The first two laps saw Brasher set out at the front with a speed Bannister at the time feared was too slow. In fact, the tempo proved to be just right, with Brasher reaching the halfway mark in 1 minute and 58 seconds. 
Chataway then took up the mantle halfway through the third lap, with Bannister following intently behind. As the crowd's roar began to get louder and sensing a moment of a lifetime, Bannister took his cue on the far straight of the last lap and lengthened his stride to speed past Chataway around the final bend. Throwing all of his reserves, he broke the tape and collapsed into the ground. In a style that ramped up the anticipation and excitement and would later become a trademark during the countless record attempts he presided over, Norris McWhirter gave a long pause as he delivered the race result. And as he began announcing Bannister's finishing time, he was rendered inaudible by the ecstatic crowd, which had erupted upon hearing the word three, covering up the confirmation that the winning time was 359.04, and history had been made. As is so often the case with world records, once Bannister proved a human could in fact run a mile under four minutes, it left the world stunned and helped shatter a collective mental barrier. Australian John Landy bettered the Ifley Road record the following month with a time of 3 minutes 57.9 seconds, while in the three years that followed that historic day in Oxford, a further 15 runners would go on to perform that same feat. Bannister had changed the expectation of possibilities through the achievement of his high goal. He had helped shift the entire paradigm through which other runners viewed the world and in turn helped redefine what the human body could achieve. In 1920, Delaware was the last of 36 states that needed to make a decision regarding women's suffrage. After many years of fighting for women's right to vote, the United States Congress passed the 19th Amendment in 1919. The amendment would not become part of the Constitution until 36 had ratified. After 10 months, 35 states had ratified the amendment, and only one more state was needed. The leaders of the suffrage movement had looked to the Delaware General Assembly to be the deciding vote at a special session that was called by Governor Townsend in March of 1920. Thousands of pro- and anti-suffrage lobbyists came to Delaware and started what is now known as the War of the Roses. Lobbyists from both sides were handing out roses to legislators, yellow jonquils from the suffragists and red roses, the symbol of chivalry, from the opponents. Among the lobbyists in Dover, leading suffragist Carrie Chapman, Cat, and President Eamon de Valera of the Irish Free State were present. On May 5, 1920, the Delaware Senate finally ratified the amendment. Both groups now had to convince the House to vote their way. Both groups continued to lobby and rally for months, and ultimately, on June 2nd, the House voted and decided to adjourn without passing the amendment. The anti-suffragists had won. Though Delaware had decided to adjourn without passing the amendment, Another state stepped in and ratified the amendment shortly after, meaning that the United States would be adding the 19th Amendment to the Constitution. Delaware unfortunately lost its chance to make history. All of the lobbying rallies and marches moved on to Tennessee, which they ratified the amendment by one vote. Three years later, on March 6th of 1923, Delaware showed its support for women's suffrage by belatedly ratifying the 19th Amendment. You have been listening to the This Happens Today in History podcast for March 23rd. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you today to the following websites for the information on the topics. ThePeopleHistory.com, Mir Space Station at History.NASA.gov, Roger Bannister at GuinnessWorldRecords.com, and the 19th Amendment at TheArchives.Delaware.gov. The music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing, as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.